Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him up! 1-0! And uh, welcome back to another edition of Radio Dub as I struggle to get air into my lungs. The first sentence. No, seriously, I like really, really struggled just then. That was that was a bit embarrassing. But um, yes, it is another another week, another bit of red dub. You know, I feel like we have really hit our stride just as finals is about to start in the A League Women's, where we're being more consistent with an episode each mm. week. We're not bailing. No. Uh, when I say bailing, I I bailed except for a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I bailed once. I had a birthday yeah. dinner. It was different. That's fair. That's fair. You've Mm. Whoa, mm. whoa. Mm. Don't throw me under the bus like mm. that. Okay. I just thought the audience should know why they listen to certain voices each week. Responsibilities. Yeah. Things to do. Uh, but no, it was another entertaining, an entertaining round of uh, A-League women's action because a lot of big results meant that the top four race and even like two to actually anywhere, any spot in the top four is really up for grabs. Like, and also... Any spot like for that final, that final fourth spot into finals is also up, for, like really, really up for grabs. Just when you feel like you know yeah. what's going on, just when you feel like you can at least separate out like the the, the top from the middle from the bottom, it just everything gets thrown thrown around, and all of a sudden your understanding has to change, and and the these seemingly locked in expectations are now in in doubt. In, we're, we're questioning everything. I don't I don't know what to feel or think anymore. I said it about Canberra United. A couple of weeks ago, I said I'm yeah. done predicting or trying to understand. I feel like that about the whole league at the moment. What's going on? Yeah, no, what is going on with the whole league? Because Melbourne victory are the big winners. Quite probably, possibly. yeah, probably like they, this could be to a really massive weekend for them. Brisbane Roar are big winners. Huge. But also, we heard the news that Katrina Gorry is headed back to Sweden. Mm. So she's no longer going to be with the Roar. So that'll be interesting to see if they can they can manage to find themselves a way into the top four. It'd be difficult with, um, for them without Katrina Gray. Absolutely huge loss. Yeah, I mean, like... Pro- probably, I would argue, the most valuable player, like, in terms of contribution to their team in the competition. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's probably fair. That's probably a fair assessment. Like, the gap between Brisbane Raw with and without Katrina Gray is just it's Yeah, but huge. Brisbane Raw would say, let's not be too quick to judge them. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought their top four race was... I certainly thought their top four race was well and surely done. I mean, um, Brisbane Royal can say that, but we all know how good Katrina Gorey yes, is. Yes, we she's all understand how good insane. Katrina Gorey is. And she's phenomenal. And they... they it was probably pretty comfortable for them in the end, uh, that win over Western United over the weekend. And for Western United, things get even more shaky. They've played 16 games and they're on 33 points at the moment. That the finishing first is probably seems a little bit far at this point for them because Sydney are on four have played fourteen games and are on thirty three points at the moment. Obviously, three points of that is still 
in contention with uh, mm. Canberra still got that appeal and we don't know what the result of that's going to be yet. And for City that lost to victory on Monday, that kind of takes it out of their hands in terms of finishing Premier's this season. So they kind of need results to go their way to finish Premier's. Yeah, and just on Western United, I mean, four of their last six they've now lost. So it's it's... The the wheels haven't come off, but they're, they're shaking. They're, they're, they're wobbling. They're, oh, absolutely. They're, they're well and truly shaking. But I think we spoke about it on this podcast earlier in the season, and I mentioned that I think Western, of, Western United had done enough and maximised all the international players they had at one time and got a lot of points and accumulated that even if they were to stumble late in the season, they had almost done enough and they just need to do the essentially the bare minimum. But then you... I you know you, you think about a person like Mark Tolcaso who you know really wants is I, he seemed I don't think he would be just happy with top four I think he really wants to compete they don't, they don't want to just be a placeholder in that finals competition so how well can they cope when they get to finals will they be sitting ducks or will they be competitive and be able to get wins and we've seen them get wins so it's not like too far of a reach but the form they're in now it's certainly not great. But look, and I think that looking at the competition as a whole, the the fact that even the very best teams clearly have weaknesses, have fallibilities, and we've seen those exposed in recent weeks. I mean, this weekend, all three of the top three sides lost. And from a neutral observer perspective or from a fan perspective, I think that makes the league a lot more oh, exciting and dynamic for sure. The fact that, you know, I mean, the bottom team in the league beats Sydney FC, the top team in the league. What's going on? I don't... What? It's, we it's, love that, though. How do Brisbane beat Western United and that isn't the most shocking result of the weekend? It's I'm Yeah, no, it's weird because Brisbane beat... Yeah, but I... Brisbane and Western United, in the mean, are probably a lot closer. Sure. Uh, certainly a lot closer in terms of their playing ability, yeah. you know, than Wellington and Sydney. And I I do think... I think well, like, the reason Wellington and Sydney... I Are you saying that it was the biggest storyline of the weekend? I think it was the most surprising result of the weekend. I, you say it is, but shout out to Georgia Rajic who said that she thought Wellington and also Tyron said that uh, A-League Women's Calls for mm. Paramount Plus doing a really great job this season. But uh, they said that they thought Sydney could lose because they, Sydney had so many players out. And they had Charlotte McLean was out. Nat Tobin was out with suspension. Yeah. Uh, Madison Haley. See what I, I see how I got, I've been so good with her name. Struggling, yeah. Yeah, Madison Haley. She's out with injury at the moment. They had a lot of key players out. You would still think that there's so much talent at Sydney FC that they should be beating um, Wellington. But, you know, when you're this late in the season and you're changing things up, it might be hard for them to get into the rhythm when, when Wellington have been building. That's, that's the whole thing about Wellington. They're just trying to build to get better each game by game. I, I, I accept that there were lots of key players missing for Sydney FC. And like, you just look at the lineup and you see that there are a number of names there who haven't been week in, week out starters, but but I think that the stronger case is there that this team should still be beating Wellington. I, I mean, when we talk about the absence of uh, of Madison Haley, which I think is huge, and it's, Rachel Lowe playing as kind of that yeah. false nine position, but they beat Western United playing like that. Yes. So we know that they're, they're still capable but going forward. But I think the centre-back partnership, the lack of that centre-back partnership is really crucial because they, they see they see the whole field and they, they, they help move your team going forward and defensively. So I think that is... That's a massive loss. Like, I think if they were able to just have had Charles McLean, mm. I think they could have managed, you know? I, but I, uh, I I struggle to put that result down to the defence because that actually wasn't their main problem over the weekend. No, for Sydney. sure. It was going forward. It, it was that they couldn't break down 
a Wellington defence. I mean, they had that one chance relatively late in the game where, where Courtney Vine made the run and, and played the ball across, which so nearly... But that was as close as they came. And other than that... They just didn't create opportunities, though. That's true. Yeah, they peppered a bit, but they didn't look particularly likely to score. But, but absolutely, credit to Wellington Phoenix. I mean, I think since the last time they played Sydney, we've seen a different side to, to, to that side. And they've looked more like the team that we saw in, the, in their inaugural season last time around. And, and I think it's it's really important for that club and for that collective think, of players to have some good results to at least close out the season. Yeah, and obviously well, they did play more games this year, but you know, getting a goal, uh, they've accumulated more points this season than they did uh, last year, and they've got more draws in there and same amount of wins. But but you, you, they've got to gradually build, and you know, we would like to maybe potentially like to see a, a, a steeper climb in terms of them getting better, but. You know, they're in a different position to a lot of the other yeah. teams where they've got to have Australian talent in their squads and, you know, kind of limits them a little bit in terms of the New like talent from New Zealand they can fully, fully have in their squad. Because I think maybe if they were to have a team of just pure, like primarily New Zealand-based players, uh, I think their squad would be even better. It's kind of wild that they're just a point away from not being bottom of the league yeah. all of a sudden. Like well, they, they felt like far and away the bottom team for pretty much the whole season, uh, and, and yet a good few weeks, and they just—I mean, obviously Newcastle. Well, I have will had, say that one thing that there is in their favour, their goal difference is only like minus ten. Yeah. Whereas Newcastle's is a whopping minus twenty-eight. So that just that tells me, and like, and Wellington's comparative to Adelaide is negative eight at the moment, and so is Western Sydney. Like that's a sign of a prettier team that you know you're not getting smashed every week. Like you maybe lose by one or two goals, but you know that's 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 a significant improvement from from last year. And when we're seeing the likes of Newcastle allow to, like have a negative twenty-eight goal difference, that's that's just hazard lights everywhere, and you might as well not even get in the car. But, in terms of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you put out the hook and then, ah, oh, I'm just nah, going to reel it back nope, in. We're, just, nope, we're not going to go not down that road. Not getting sucked into no, okay. that. Not a chance. Fair enough. No, uh, but I think it, it, Wellington's kind of improvement speaks to just kind of what we saw this weekend, which is just how tight the league is. There's a yeah. reason that these teams will often go on these little runs is because it's only that 1% or 2% that it takes to, to turn your run of results around. We've seen that with Perth Glory. Uh, it wasn't quite falling the way that it did, and all of a sudden maybe it's not again. So it's every team has their weeks uh, and, and shows what they can do, which which speaks to where we're at as a league and I, and I think makes it more exciting. No, it does speak to that in this, this top four race. Like, realistically, Western United could finish fourth, City could finish fourth, Victory, Canberra, Brisbane, technically still Perth at this point, but technically. I mean, so much hinges on that Canberra appeal, doesn't it? There's, yeah, it really does. so much to be said for it. But yeah, I, I think Melbourne Victory, perhaps the, the biggest winners in terms of the season as a whole over the weekend in terms of the way the results fell because uh, it looked as if it was getting to the point of inevitability that one of the sides would catch them up. But yeah. just a few things have fallen their way for the last couple of weeks, which all of a sudden means that Jeff Hopkins' side are relatively comfortable favourites to make the top four. You know what it is? It's when you have a good leader at the helm, Jeff Hopkins, <laughs> able to steady the ship and make some really important decisions. decisions. Oh, wow. Stumbling with the way I said decisions. Decisions, just yeah, yeah. Decisions. Um, in terms of having Amy Jackson playing, you know, as the six in that side and having uh, Paige Joyce, Forza MPL Victoria Paige Joyce playing as a right back. I think she did pretty well. She, she shut down Holly McNamara as best she could and Holly McNamara could have had a few assists had 
the city, uh, some of the city players being able to get the ball in the back of the net. But Paige Joyce thinks she did really well right back. Yeah, I thought so too. Obviously, that incredible goal was was the highlight of it all. But yeah, I, see, I don't think about the flashy Oscar. I think about mm, the tactical, the hard know, work, the hard work, hard work of Paige Joyce. Down and dirty. Yeah, yeah we no, appreciate Paige Joyce. Sure, but former but, guest, if you've missed that interview, check it down on the archives. Really, really appreciate <laughs> that. We'll plug every episode possible. <laughs> but I think it speaks to the fact that you know this Melbourne victory side. It's so tough to count them out. They they've proven it time and time again on the big occasions. They produce their best football, they stand up, and, and, and they did it again against Melbourne City. Uh, a Melbourne City side who, who I feel like every week on this show I come on and say, yeah, they lost, but also they were really good. Now, I don't want to say... Sucked in. Right. It's, 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 <laughs> this really, it's this desire to be alternative and edgy, really, yeah. that I'm really Yeah, people really into. people would call you edgy. Yeah, no, no, that's no, the no, word no. we've used to describe <laughs> you, edgy. That's my number one characteristic. <laughs> uh, but, but I think that... There, there is, there are still a lot of positives for Melbourne City to take, maybe not from this game, but from where they're at as a season. It's kind of the most optimistic I've been about them uh, under Dario Vidisic. I think that the returns of, of, of course, Holly McNamara as well as Cote Rojas have really transformed them into a, a whole new new level well, of team. Oscar, you say that it makes them, you know, I, I have, I think we want to continue this conversation about Melbourne City yes. um, a little bit later in the. Let's park it. We'll park it, but um. We've had we have the you know what we love on Radio Dub here, Oscar. We love the guests because the guests make the show. Because nobody wants to sit for forty five minutes listening to us speak. Because we're kind, we're not. Well, I'm well. <laughs> we're sometimes interesting, not all the time, but um, hit and miss. We're hit and miss. We're not that great, but um, we really, really appreciate a Melbourne victory. I don't know how to describe her position. Because she plays in so many positions and she's so good at it. Utility. And utility. One of the best utility weapons. Um, and uh, Matilda uh, plays for Melbourne Victory. Her name is Beatty Goad, who's joined Melbourne Victory this season. Beatty, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Can you hear me okay? We most certainly can. And, you know, we appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your schedule to come and speak to us because we are essentially children running a ship and when we get when we get really cool people to speak to us we really really appreciate it uh Beatty, this season going to melbourne victory how has it been like for you work uh working with working under jeff and working with jeff and the the girls yeah it's been it's been really lovely to be back in my home city um I just love the culture of of the club melbourne victory um we've got such a good group of girls and Jeff has just been so supportive of everything that I do off the field. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really smooth transition and I'm, I feel really honored to be a part of Melbourne victory. Well, I feel we feel honored to get to watch you play because some of your play this season has been fantastic. You've been, you've played in the, the back line and you've played at attack. What is your best position or are you do you think you're just like really great at most positions that you try at some point? <laughs> I don't know if I have actually a best position because um yeah, I can play quite a few positions. Um I grew up mostly playing midfield. Um but I haven't actually played there in a while. Um what's my best position? I think it just depends on the day and who we're playing. Um 
Yeah, I can't, I can't pick one, but I think I'm more comfortable probably in an attacking position rather than defensive position just because I've spent more time being an attacking player. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy to be anywhere if I'm playing. I'm going to be so honest with you, Beatty. I Jeff had a, the presser after the oh, – what was that game that I saw you, Oscar, and you were sitting there? Was it the Adelaide game? Oh, yes, it was the Adelaide game. Yep. And, Beatty, I was telling Jeff, I said, Jeff, I think – you need to play BD in the midfield. But obviously, you guys have got such a quality team. Uh, I just want to see you play the number 10 role, just so I can get the credit and um, <laughs> see you do really, really well. That's just because I'm a narcissist like that. But um, for this side, has been through so much, you know, you have, having Chids leave and, you know, seeing Paige Joyce, likes Paige Joyce play it right back. And you guys have had to be forced to do so many different things this year. How do you think the group has adapted to those changes? Yeah, we've had a lot of changes and, and, and including like we've last week lost KK to her injury. Um, so we've had to be super adaptable. Um, and I just I just think our ability to be adaptable just reflects like the trust we have in one another. I think everybody had pages back um, that game. She spent the week um, training in right back. Um, and so hopefully we created that supportive environment where she felt like she could excel and clearly she did. She scored such a banger. Um, so I think we have had to be really adaptive, adaptable and because we have such a good culture within our team, it's it makes for a smoother transition when we do have to make um, those small changes. So, yeah, it's a credit to everybody in the team um, and including Jeff to also trust players to put them in those positions um, and just have trust in his players that they'll perform given a new position or environment or, um, yeah, system. Peter, you mentioned before Jeff being really accommodating as well of, of your off-field commitments. Now, I, th- I think you've undersold it a little bit being a literally a medical student whilst oh. also being a professional <laughs> no, footballer. No, see, Oscar, we should be done with this. Well, We're not smart enough. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. But my question for BD is at its core, so, you know, professional footballer for Melbourne Victory, when not doing that a, a medical student. BD, what does it feel like, I guess, to just be better than everyone else? That's what I'm talking about, Oscar. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, there's many great humans out there. Um, I'm just but are there medical students and professional footballers? No. They're not. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> Actually, I um, one of my best friends in medical school right now is she's an Olympic walker. She's the oh, third best walker in the world. So, um, yeah, there are other great people out there in medical school. Um, <laughs> you'll be surprised how med med students and doctors can juggle many things. See, I, I'm going to be so honest. Like, I maybe I'm just falling into the stereotypes of – uh, medical students being super like nerdy and just not athletic. Mm. <laughs> now that I know this, I feel like I've like I just haven't done enough in my life. <laughs> because, yeah. Because imagine being imagine being a medical student and then also being like a professional in anything, going to the Olympics and just being great. Yeah. Like you just walk around being like with a. I would just walk around with a sign being being like I'm the best. Don't please don't talk to me. Yeah, and and <laughs> some people whilst you were doing that would be doing it at the Olympics yeah, because exactly. they're literally Olympic walkers. Exactly. So it's it's really it's it's going up. Although I liked that response from BD in the sense that just re- reinforcing that it's actually there are lots of people who are a lot better than us. Like it's not just <laughs> BD, really. No, no. Look, look, BD. Uh, obviously, those are two huge time commitments. How have you found balancing those two things back in Melbourne? Has has it been an easy transition for you getting back home and having all those responsibilities? Um, 
honestly, it hasn't been too difficult. Like in um, while I was in college, um, I was also juggling like pretty harsh academics with um, playing a lot of soccer as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I say the one thing is though I'm back in my childhood home with my parents, and on the one hand, that um, is kind of weird to be back in my childhood home having been like away for six years but um on the other hand like having my parents there has been super helpful I definitely would not be able to juggle both without them um so has it been a hard transition not 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 terribly hard um but I also have like an extensive support system here I came back here with friends from high school I know a lot of of the girls already on the team um and had my my parents and my grandparents and my brothers around me. So I had a very good cushion around um, me to help. So, um, yeah, honestly, it was not too difficult. But now that I'm in, like, the thick of med school, it's getting – I'm drowning in work. But <laughs> um, the transition was not too bad. But now I'm, like, treading ocean water. So it's getting a bit more difficult. But, yeah, you're I'm treading managing. it. You're treading it better than we we any of us here on Radio mm. Dub could. And you know what, Betty, I, I, I've just thought about it now. We had Madison Haley on. Yep. Very smart, smart yes. Stanford or Harvard grad. Stanford. Stanford. We don't know. We need yep. to double check. One but you them. know how you can, everybody, double check. Check it out on the Spotify <laughs> archives of Radio Dub. But, and also Fiona Wirtz, a math, like a qualified mathematician. I just think that if there was like one of those TV shows where it's like the smartest brains, right? I think if we stacked up you three <laughs> just to represent the A-League women's, I just think we would comfortably take it out. How do you feel about that? Pretty good. And actually, I, um, Maddie went to Stanford. We were in the same, I was like in the same class. We weren't in the same class. She's a year younger than me, question mark. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but we were at Stanford for, I think, three years together. So I know Maddie really well. Um and yeah, we we would. I'm not sure of the competition that you mentioned, but I think Manny and I would. No, I think, um, no. I, I'm I'm just, I'm tempted just to create it. Like I just think mm. that we should just choose the smartest person. Ever. Are you smarter than an A League women's First footballer? footballer? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, see, I don't know, so Beatty, who's who do you reckon's like who's smarter than like like you and you or Madison? Now that you Straight know, yeah, who, like now that you you've told us that you guys were went to school together. Um. That's in the A League. No, no, just between you and Madison Haley. Like, what's the what's the competition? Oh, like, are who you, do you think do you is smarter yourself? between Maddie and I? Yeah, if you do like a oh, quiz, who's um, like winning? Oh, you can't ask me that. Oh, come on, Betty. <laughs> come on, come on. Talk, um, talk, talk. Hey, I think talk we're, check, we're smarter. You. I think we're smarter in different ways because um, I'm I'm obviously in med school, so I am like more sciences. Um, but I think Maddie studied, I think, symbolic systems, so it's a mix of, like, computer science and philosophy. I could be wrong. But she sounds too smart for us to even know what it is. Like, honestly, you've just said that. You've just said that, and I've just gone, I do media at uni, and I barely do that. Oscar, you do law. So, like, you know what? You you need to bring up the GPA on this show, please. (laughs) Because when we're talking to these guys and we don't know what we're talking about, we look ridiculous. It's a really good point, but I've... I love knowing that you, Beatty, actually knew Madison at Stanford. That's kind of crazy. Do, have mm. you, like, maintained a communication line with her up to this point? Did you know that she was coming? Did you play a role in that? 
Yeah, um, yeah, of course. We we chat all the time um, when after the games, even though they've beaten us twice. Um, I still obviously go after her and we have a good little chat. When I when we played in Sydney, we had lunch the next day together. Um, so yeah, we're pretty we're pretty tight. I was not really involved with her coming over to Australia, apart from like just reassuring her that it was a cool place to live and play. Um, but I think she had all that down pat. She's got a good CV and all that. So I <laughs> don't think she needed my help in any sense. Um, but yeah, we, we stay in touch. Um, and I'm excited to see what she does next because I think her career is like just, just jet setting off right now. I know she's fantastic because she keeps getting me fantasy points, even though she's mm. been out recently. <laughs> and that's why I kind of need her to get back really yeah. quickly because like those fantasy points, I was very poor showing by me on the weekend. Very, very poor. Now, Beatty, I want to ask, obviously coming back from uh, Europe to Australia, that must have been like a massive decision. Like how mm-hmm. did you, when did you first start thinking about, oh, I think I want to go, I want to go back home and, 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 and see, you know, how I am and go back to spending, obviously seeing your family on a more consistent basis and it, it must mm. have been a massive change in your life. Yeah, it, so it was not a snap decision per se. It was like very gradual and I guess it began, so when I first started college in the US, I knew I wanted to go to medical school. I knew I wanted to be a doctor. That's like a big goal of mine. And then in second year at college, my mum sort of sat me down and was like, we can't afford to um, like finance you going to medical school in America because it's just super expensive for international students. Um, And I sort of had to wrap my head around that pretty soon and pretty early on. Um, And then I guess that then led to me to think, okay, I should probably do med school back home in Australia. I could potentially get a Commonwealth spot and like the finances is sort of um, not a big deal. Um, so that's what, when I say it was gradual, like I sort of had that seed in my, in my um, brain already. And then when I went pro in Europe, um, I actually had gotten into med school, like right out of college. So back in 2020 and I, I deferred for two years. So I really <laughs> delayed coming back Um and it was it was definitely a hard decision. Um, and even I was deciding between Sydney and Melbourne, um, and that was also like maybe one of my hardest I, decisions. I just, no, like, no, no, BD, I... let's just stop right there. Let's just take a break. Deciding between <laughs> Sydney and Melbourne is not hard. Okay, you need to look at the city map, and you realise you can't drive in Sydney, and you say Melbourne's the only yeah. legitimate option. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more just like is coming back home like a step back which was Mm. like psychologically makes sense in my brain but it's not really true at all um but I think that just took me a while to like realize that Melbourne was probably the better choice even though it like I guess for six years I was chasing this idea that identity and growth is like connected to being outside of um home and away from your comfort zone but being home is like not necessarily in my comfort zone because I'm like juggling two incredibly difficult paths in life. So, um, yeah, I that probably is more venting and, and ranting that you needed. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no, um, no. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think that might have been the smartest, most thoughtful <laughs> answer anybody has ever given already. And we've had some really great, great answers. But what I was listening to, I was like, 
you're way too smart. <laughs> this isn't fair for one human to have have be well ran well rounded in their thought process about things and just have have like that look on life. And I just want to just touch on that. Do you have you always kind of had that outlook, or do you think that going away allowed you to even to get that and and even expand it and you know just make you more com- confident in the choices that you make? Yeah, a hundred percent. I definitely think that. Um, growth and like um identity growth requires like stepping outside of your comfort zone but in a sense that it's not um it's it's not detrimental to like mental health or well-being so like you're stepping outside by like leaving home and experiencing a different culture a different country trying to make new friends trying to create a new network for yourself a new support system for yourself outside of your home and away from like parents and and friends you've had since primary school I think there's a huge amount of growth that comes with that but then also like I was away for six years and especially my time in Spain I noticed that that like constant having to grow my network and like grow my support system was having a little bit of a toll on like my mental health and then my like um I guess I just got a bit lonely to put it really mm. <laughs> bluntly. I was like, I miss home. Um, so you can get definitely get homesick from being away from home, but there is, there is like, there's a balance um, being away from home. You grow, but also you just have to recognize like sometimes being home, you can just cause you're home doesn't mean you can't grow. Um, yeah. It's just a balance. I mean, Beatty, you speak so so eloquently about all the things that, that you, you grew from from your time overseas, obviously in places like America, I think Spain and Germany as well. I, I guess mm-hmm. both on a, on a personal and also a football level, what were kind of some of the, the biggest learnings that you, that you took away from your time not in Australia? Um, oh, so many things. <laughs> so many things. I mean, how do you explain six years of growth it's pretty hard I think in the U.S. I learned um mainly obviously independence and all that jazz like when you move out of home everybody experiences that but I think the biggest thing when I moved to the U.S. was just experiencing um different ways the country runs like the U.S. just runs so differently um I learned about race and discrimination which I just like um from a very like privileged point I didn't have to, didn't face like growing up here in Australia and then I went to the US and Trump had just been um voted in and obviously that rattled like a lot of my friends and um yeah I got into more pol- I got into politics more um and just like opened my eyes to okay the world is like much larger and 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 can be crueler than what I grew up like sheltered in um so I think that was a huge learning for me in the U.S. which is just aside from football in football in the U.S. I think I learned like you can really be stretched your limits I we we work so hard in in the U.S. in the college system um so that was really challenging um but then also like our team at Stanford was incredible like if you love Maddie like just multiply Maddie by like 20 people and that was our team like it was a lovely team um, and then in Germany and Spain, um, again, just just different cultures, different ways of living. I mean, the Spanish people live so differently to the Americans. Like it's 
maybe two ends of the spectrum, I, to be I honest. Um, people are, honestly, I went to Barcelona, yeah. loved it. They are living their best life. The late nights. The yeah, late, it's fantastic. Everything yeah. is great it's in good. Spain, honestly. I think yeah. we all should, everyone should move to Spain. <laughs> Radio Dub does Spain, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's a very relaxed way of living. Um which works and, and also doesn't work for me. I'm very type A. So that was like very interesting being in Spain and being like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be as type A. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, those are just like maybe two two huge learning points. But there's, there's a lot more. Um, I would have to like think more and read my journal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, hopefully that they're two insightful yeah. points. Do some study next time yeah, you come please, on, come on like, be, oh, be, be prepared. Yeah, be prepared <laughs> yeah. when you come on Radio Dub. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. No, but, but speaking to you is, is, is really important because because this is what the reason why we love Radio Dub and, and getting to know more about players and, and the things that they care about and, and understanding the footballers are not just, you know, the people who kick the ball on the on the pitch, but obviously the footballing aspect is, is pretty big. Now, Beatty... Me and Oscar here, we're championing you for a Matilda's call up. I'm going to be so honest about that. Roped me into no, this. No, no, Oscar, yeah. Oscar, don't, don't act like we haven't had these conversations. Don't start ducking now. No. Don't start ducking. I won't. It's true. It's it's very true. Now, obviously, you are a very busy person, and uh, you know you, you have lots and lots of interests. But how high is like a Matilda's call up? Is like how important is that to you, or is that just something that if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Um. Well, I think. Like, I've been asked that a lot, actually, and it often is phrased like that. Like, is it at the top of your list or if it happens, it happens. And I feel like for me personally, it's, like, healthier when it is almost a byproduct of, like, the hard work that you do in the moment. So I like to sort of think that I'm working hard for my team right now and, like, and I want to be performing at the best that I can for my team because that's the team that I'm right now. And if that's recognized with the Matilda's call-up, I think that's um, obviously would be absolutely incredible and no football, like every footballer is going to aspire to that. But I think when you get bogged down and upset by the fact that you don't get a call-up or or whatnot and you're just very hyper-focused on Matilda's call-ups and not getting Matilda's call-ups, I think that's when you're skewing like how you're seeing football because I think it should just I mean call-ups can be also and don't quote me on this but like subjective like yeah. football <laughs> no is fair. No, no fair. So, we don't have to quote you it's fair it's a fair, it's a fair show. <laughs> yeah so I mean you're always there are people that are not going to like how you play there are going to be people that love how you play um and I think over the years in college like I had a season in college where I hardly played and the next season I played like every game. So it just like, it undulates. And I think when you give your happiness and your like joy in the game in someone else's hands, then it just crumbles. Like that's why I personally just like to focus on the team I'm in right now, the game that I'm going to play next week. Um, how can I be the best player for those players, for myself? Um, and Obviously, I'm going to be lying if I'm not aspiring for a Matilda spot, but I think over the years I've realized and learned that I can't be super hyper-focused on that because I'll just, like, maybe might be disappointed. And then what's the point in that? <laughs> no fair. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a that's a great way to, to look at that. And, and hey, 
if they don't call you up, I'm saying they're missing out. Personally, yeah. you don't have no. to campaign for yourself. We'll yeah, campaign we'll for you. It. We'll get the T-shirts. We'll get the songs going. BD Goad for the World Cup. Cup. For the World Cup. We're walking <laughs> around with the flag. BG World Cup. BG World Cup. No, it'd be, That's it'd be, so sweet. It'd be fantastic yeah. to see you um, playing at the World Cup. Now, BD, on Radio Dub, obviously we've talked about a lot of serious things, but, you, you know, you, uh, you seem like you've got a sense of humour and you're, you know, you're quite, you seem like a quite funny individual. I want to know in the victory team. Are you? Are you like? I know Mayor Muskovsky is the ultimate joker at Melbourne Victory. Yeah. Women's team. Where are you ranking in terms of the comedy level? Are you bringing it, or are you kind of just like a, in a conversation? You just come out with the really quick and witty lines. Um, I I definitely wouldn't like put myself as the biggest clown because I think most of the time that people laugh at me, it's more at me than with me, <laughs> to be honest. But I will say that for, um, and maybe I'm like saying too much on this call that I shouldn't be, but right. anyway, for um, like introduction or in introduction into the team, we do at Victory, um, you have to do a performance. And my performance actually with Tiff Eliadis, she would not mind me like including her in this, but Tiff and I, we actually did a skit and we acted out as each person on the team, oh, nice. um, even the coaching staff and our manager um, on an away trip in the dinner room, um, which, yeah, I think that surprised a lot of people. <laughs> You're like, what is Speedy doing? But I definitely can be a clown and there's definitely a funny side to me. Um, yeah, I'm not the team clown for sure, but um, yeah. I, I bring I bring the jokes. I like when that. It's no, I like that. Somebody needs to find this footage for us. Yeah, yeah, Somebody. no, for sure. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> filmed it. Bring that footage out, Melbourne Victory, right now. <laughs> who, who was your no. favourite person to impersonate, Bedia? Like, like who was on the top of your list? Like, oh, I can't oh. wait to pull out my impression of that particular person. Oh, uh, I mean, everybody is so niche on our team. They have those so many quirks. Um. Oh, I don't. I don't want to put anyone under the bus. Okay. That's I fair. think that's I. Fair. That's fair. I will, you can tell us after yeah, the call. Don't worry. Yeah. Tell us after the call. Tell us after the yeah. call. <laughs> no, no, we, we. That, that's. I want to. I'm fascinated because I, I, I love those kind of things. I know it's very personal to the team, but also great content. Also fantastic. <laughs> fantastic content. I'd love to see that. It's <laughs> amazing. It. Yeah. No, but um, Beatty, you guys for Melbourne Victory. Obviously, the season hasn't been perfect, but you guys have worked incredibly hard and. This the massive win on the week on Monday against Melbourne City and helping you in a big push to make that top four. How do you see the team currently, and how did you see the game on Monday? Yeah, I mean the game on Monday was huge for us. Um, I think we were really focusing on our attitude, like post a goal, whether it was against or for. Um, since the last two games prior, we'd conceded right after scoring. So we were just like very focused on our attitude. And I think um, looking back on the game, we've all reflected that it was such a big team performance and we really can like perform under pressure. So it was a huge confidence boost for us. Um, it fueled the fire. Like we are really raring to go. We feel we feel strong and, and um, yeah, we just have, like, it's really strengthened our culture. Um, looking forward, I think one step at a time. Um, I think Kayla said that to all, us all and not to get too excited um, as it is just one game that we won. But um, out of many, but, you know, it's just one game. Um, so I think I think we're in a really good spot 
we're trying not to be we have experienced players so we know not to get cocky um but we know that you know the fire is burning and we're going to keep going so yeah now betty we will let you go soon we have been oh that's intense that is so intense, and I'm not going to lie to you, Betty. I do think the fire alarm in our building has actually gone off, which That's is wild. so incredibly funny. So we're going to head to an and break, and we might be back, or the building might be burning down. We're not quite sure. Yeah. So, Betty, we really appreciate you. We may need Betty's help afterwards. Yeah, we might need yeah. your medical assistance. <laughs> yeah, maybe I said fire too much. In the yeah, last <laughs> maybe. No, Beatty, we appreciate it. We're going to head to a quick break, a quick or long break here on Radio we'll Dark. We'll find out. And uh, we'll find out and we'll see everybody later. <laughs> Thanks, Beatty. No worries. Thanks, Beatty. Be Bye. safe. Bye. Bye. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Palacios. It's an absolute peach. Here's driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes. Wow. Well, 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 well. That was a very eventful and to one of the best interviews we had here on Radio Dub with yeah. BD Goad. And uh, I just want to clarify to everybody, um, I know you were really all really, really concerned. I can you know, imagine. You guys yeah. were doing lots of like prayers and the candles were mm. out. Like I really understand. For sure. It's a very dramatic way to end. But we are alive. Our building wasn't on fire. There was a false alarm. You can sleep easy tonight. You can sleep easy yeah. tonight. Don't worry about it. You don't need to go and hold prayer circles. We are okay. We're okay. Yeah. We were saved by the medical advice from Bedigo. <laughs> from Bedigo. Bedigo. What an interview that was. She was uh, so much fun. She was so much fun, and she's she spoke so well, so well, yeah. and she doesn't have to hype herself up about this Matildas campaign. But we'll do it here on Bit Radio Dub because we've seen her quality in the competition, and she's mm. been certainly one of the best players. Um, we've seen this season. We've already knew her talent, though. We've already seen her in the competition before. But, you know, sometimes sometimes people forget, you know. And uh, you've got to remind them who you are. And she's certainly been reminding everybody who she is. For sure. She's qualified. She's she's a certified baller. Certified baller. (laughs) She's getting qualified in many ways. Many ways, yeah. The one that she's already got. She's already got a doctorate in in being a baller. Absolutely. But, um, no, we'll um, quickly do a little rundown of... uh, the action. Yeah, just the action. close it out. Just close it out. Um, obviously, just to you know, ease you guys' mind. Um, uh, Oscar, what's, what game do you want to start with? Well, I mean, we, we, we've touched on uh, Brisbane beating Western United. We've touched on Wellington beating Sydney. Obviously, we spoke to Beatty a, a little bit about about the Melbourne derby, and uh, you know, I don't don't know if there's a whole lot more that could be said other than victory pr- showing again that you can't count them out. Uh, I was just going to make the only point I was going to make is how good it is to see Holly McNamara back yeah. because oh. she's just an incredible footballer. No, absolutely. Holly McNamara, I actually don't want to get started because it might be like <laughs> a 20 minute rant about yeah. why Holly McNamara is so incredibly great. She is. But and, it, and I think Melbourne City are, are just so much better with her in the team. Everybody plays better. I think that McNamara, Cote Rojas, uh, Polisina, like those three players in your yeah. team. It's so. I mean, I know that they didn't score on the weekend, but over the course of the rest of the season, they will always be in with a chance. Absolutely, and I when I look at Holly McNamara, some of the things she does and like sees on a football field, I'm like, there is not many players of her in her age range around the world who who see that, and I think even some players older that just are not. And it's it's not really just simply just down to her. Her, she's incredibly fast, but it's like the fifth thing I think about when I think about Holly McNamara. And there's so many incredible things she does, but I don't want to get started because, you know, 
I know you don't want to get it, but also she's gotten back to the level so quickly. It's like she just had an ACL injury and did a whole rehab. She's been gone for like a hey, year. Because she came and back. She's just like, she's oh, just by back. the way, she's I'm like, back I'm, at one of no, the best places to come. Exactly. She's did the. She's just done the beady go. Just coming back and reminding people. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. Massive. Exactly. Ends up, but but for Melbourne City. I think Dario Vitesic was disappointed in his side's performance on the weekend. Just didn't feel like they turned up. But it'd be interesting to see, for the, actually, I'm really interested to see how they go for the rest of the... the I think they're, they're almost certain to make finals, um, make top four. But I want to know if they have more than that, just their starting 11. Because every time I look at their starting 11, I'm like, oh, it's, in, it's a really good starting 11. And if they get out in the front, it's going to be really difficult to come back. After that, and we saw that in the victory game where they just didn't score and they didn't really have any options on the bench to change the game. So, mm. you know, it's... Particularly going forward, a lack yeah. of attacking depth, I think. No, but certainly certainly one to watch. Then obviously the, the two other games, one of them being Alex Aparkas's Perth Glory, their, their fire run coming to a screeching halt at the hands of, of Adelaide United. I mean, they've been playing so well, Perth Glory, and then... And Adelaide United have really gone missing for the last couple of months. And really from nowhere, uh, an incredible comeback win. Fiona Wirtz on the score sheet after yeah. not seeing a whole lot of her over the last month and reminding everyone. You know, we're talking about players who remind us of, of what they can do. And it's really thrown a spanner in the in the top four race because Perth were looking like they were marching towards it. But all of a sudden that's not yeah, so clear. It's, it's a little bit, you know... It's disappointing uh, about Perth. I think we, we, we're really big believers in Alex Aparkas and, and, and that squad. And oh, yeah. I, I think it's maybe just comes down to just an age thing with that group just yet. And, and they are they're getting more and more maturity. And I think that this will leave them in a really great position for next season and understanding the importance of starting really well and and trying to be more consistent. Because I think we've seen really good flashes and we saw it again and they've just dipped in the form and just haven't, They've yeah. dipped at the wrong time. So they're really great learning, you know, learning blocks. And obviously you wouldn't want that. They obviously wanted to make top four this year, but it's a little bit difficult. It's still, still mathematically possible for them because yeah. you don't know how this season will go. But, you know, it's, I think it, it leaves them well for next year as well. No doubt it hurts to just miss out on the top four yeah. two seasons in a row. Real, real blow. But, yeah, no, credit to Adelaide United. Good to see them actually competing yeah, absolutely. again at this and, level. So. But I think Adelaide United... I think they're mathematically out. I'm not quite sure. But if they are, it's a very, like, very, very slim chance. But I think for um, Adrian Stenter, they could be the real party purpose for a lot of teams and cause a real stumbling block. Because I'd obviously, even though they haven't had a great season so far, and this season is very disappointing if in the context of last year as well, they... They they probably have how many what games do they have left, Oscar? Well, I'm just looking it up, they've got the three games left. They've got Newcastle, Sydney, and Wellington. So Sydney is who they could really spoil. Yeah, um, they could spoil Sydney's party. And, and, and look, it, the, the, I've actually got that game. I'm commentating that game. Is that so? Yeah, yeah. yeah. N- n- nine points is what they can get. So obviously that's twenty six, which matches Melbourne victory. So it's. All but confirmed yeah, that there won't win, be. If victory win. Yeah, or get a point. Yeah, then it's, it's done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, interesting for for Adelaide United and we're going to see how they regroup. And obviously, Chelsea Dorber left. It'd be interesting to see how uh, they go in terms of who comes back next year and who's, yep. who's part of that group. Yep. And then the last game was uh, obviously Western Sydney drawing one all with Canberra. Uh, Vesna Milivojevic 
banger. Oh, great goal. What a, what a I hit. I don't think it's the goal of the season, but it's a great goal. It was. It's kind of amazing that it gets so overshadowed yeah. by what we've seen, even in the last few weeks. But yeah. it, was, it was a cracking Zimmerman, We've seen hit. a Zimmerman great strike. We've seen Jankiewski's free kick. Yep. We've seen Paige Joyce as well. Yep. That was pretty good. Like, 100%. Even Shea Connor's one with that Katrina Gori pass was beautiful. That was wonderful. Yeah, exactly. There have been so many really, really good goals this season. And, I mean... Obviously a difficult week for Canberra, yet to see whether they'll get that points deduction overturned, but they really needed to win this game. Yeah, they're it's, five points it, behind. That, that was probably the most – that's the – I think that one's actually more hurtful than the Perth one because Perth were always in a long shot. Like they had yeah. games in hands, but they were, it, was, it was still like they needed to be perfect, whereas Canberra were like right there and had got themselves back into form and they were really competitive side most weekends besides those two big 5-0 losses they had during the season. But – um. Disappointing to draw to Western Sydney Wanderers, a team I think they should be, but they are a tough opponent. They've got a lot better, mm. the Wanderers. Oh, this they've year. gotten a lot better. They're, they're, they're really solid and, and tough to beat now. Is that all down to Forza NPL Victoria? We, we do push that so hard. I, I, I think I, it's I, only right, though. I mean, Cat Smith has done a really good job. It's worth remembering where Western Sydney have come from. It's, it's, a, it's a good point. Uh, yes, and, and of course, I think. Well, one of the, the best moments of the weekend was that shot of, of Teo Pelletzeri with the shade. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm that was, so tempted. <laughs> so good. I'm not going to lie to you, Oscar. I'm so tempted to make that our podcast graphic. For I, this week. <laughs> I know NBL Victoria Pod did it, and like we technically be stealing from Lock, uh, from Lockie and, and Nick. Yeah, but it, it did happen in a dub game. It was so, so like, good. It's quite funny. And they included it in like the highlights packages as well, <laughs> <I> <laughs> just re- really pushing it. No, it was, it was really funny. Yeah, but uh, a single point. Top four looking a lot more determined than it was yeah, before, although it's still not over. We've still got plenty to play for in the final few weeks. We still do. And you know what's even more exciting about this weekend? Uh, just I've just interjected something. You know, no, no, I, I just remembered one other point to make, which was to recognise Ellie Brush, who, of course, announced her retirement. Yes. Uh, congrats to her. Congrats on, to her. On the career what as a great. whole. But the comeback as well was the, really impressive, was and really, she was really, really impressive really, this really season. Impressive. And um, she, you see there in the Canberra games how important she has been at yeah. times for them defensively. And for a defender, she's, she sure scored a lot of goals. I think she's like on 20, like three or something like something that. Like that something yeah. around that mark. But uh, no, fantastic career and, you know, great servant of the game. And we hope, uh, we wish her well, you know, in, no in, re- in retirement. And uh, what is also really exciting, uh, NPL Victoria is back. Yes. Women's Victoria is back, um, but uh, New South Wales has been going for a little bit, yep. a couple of weeks, but come on. Yeah. We know what we're talking We've about. We've had the opening action now. It's time for the main event. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, Flutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just sung that. Like, <laughs> it was like, it, like I didn't- It came over you. It came over me. Like, yeah. It was like spiritual, like, Forza and Beale Victoria. Intense, yeah. But yeah, are you commentating any- uh, not, not the this women's weekend. this weekend. Not this weekend. No, what game are you commentating? Very much. Um, this week, uh, MPL Men's Altona Green Gully. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, well, um, I'll be doing Bayside and Southern United. Yes, yeah. which is very exciting. Okay, some new teams in the comp, an expanded competition, Absolutely. and I think very much needed because uh, we, we've, at times, it's got a little bit predictable. Yes. Some yes. of the the placements and the performances. Interesting to see how Calder United. Yeah, uh, how that structured. How they fare, you know, obviously with the Western United partnership and so many of those players not available. Uh, but yeah, a couple of new teams as well. The Preston as well. That's a really big club to have in, yeah, in the division. Man. So I'm. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. There is a lot to look forward to. And uh, you can always hear about that here on Radio Dub. And we really appreciate you sticking through it with us this week. We had a, b- a great interview with BD Goat early. And if you missed that, that will be up on uh, Spotify or, and everything else later tonight or sometime 
in the next few hours. At some point. So at some point. <laughs> and uh, we really appreciate you guys sticking through us after a, through a fire alarm. Because yeah. that was... Um, that was interesting. That was new. That was new. <laughs> we like that. Um, that was exciting. But yeah, no, once again, appreciate it, everybody, and uh, bye for now. Pickett, she lays it off to Razor